When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to put my dad cap on here. Your mom and I were really worried about you last night, okay? When you didn't text us back, we were scared. A little disappointed. But I'm going to put my friend hat on. I get it, girl. You want to party. But dad hat on? It's not okay. Secret hat on. I have a drinking problem. Gossip hat. Sharon next door is having a baby. Secret hat. I know I'm the father. I just don't know how to approach her about it. Matt's hat? I really think they can do it this year. Self-conscious hat. Okay, well, enough of time travel hat. Extra, extra! Let's go to a game sometime. Assault the Kron. You're like the coolest girl in camp. I feel like this guy isn't ready to talk yet. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the beard of one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And last but not least, making the magic happen, two guys, one shot, we have the apprentice, (laughs) Jerome, learning from the master, J.D. What's up, guys? Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey! Welcome to the age of... All right, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. We'd love to see it. Comment away, like the video, subscribe, share the show, get your No Dunks merch, like that brand new Classic Factory hoodie that our guy Tassie has on here. Go to nodunks.com. Oh, look at that. In front of the (laughs) sign. It's like two neon signs. Love it. Nodunks.com for all. Oh, and there's the mug. Oh, you always struggle with this when you try and hold a mug. To well, there the it is. Autofocus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't be a makeup uh, tutorial person. You know how they show this stuff. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Uh, send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We're always looking for your goods. We got a fun, fun Thursday morning podcast for you. Tons of games on last night. We'll touch on as many as possible. But, but, but first, we had another wedgie, and we had Bulls play-by-play man Adam Amin on the call. Give us a shout-out, baby. Slip to Drummond. Nice pass to Jones. In traffic. We got a wedgie. We got a wedgie. I'll tell you what, that was, again, nice passing. In close. Yes. See, nice drop-off from Drummond right there. There, Jones almost got it. Yep. Uh, Shout-out to the uh, our friends at No Dunks. Great podcast. My buddy Trey on Twitter. They'll appreciate that wedgie. Oh, absolutely appreciated the wedgie. I think we appreciated the shout-out even more. I appreciated that shout-out more than you can ever imagine, Skeets. <laughs> we played pickup ball last night. It was ugly. I was down, and then I got in the car, and I saw the clip of a young boy from the Chicagoland area getting a shout-out on a Chicago Bulls broadcast after a wedgie, and my spirits were instantly lifted. Oh, that's good. A nice. highlight of the night and probably the highlight of this Bulls game, if <laughs> yeah. I'm being quite yeah. honest. Uh, but, yeah, very happy to see, very happy to hear. It's my all-time favorite wedgie now. Who, who gets the wedgie credit there? I was uh, a little conflicted. Is it Valanchunas? Is it Daniels? Is it both of them? I mean, Derek Jones Jr. shoots it, but we give it to the defense on the block. I don't know. I think it's you're, the, you're the one who's dedicated to giving it to somebody. Well, I don't particularly gotta be, care. Someone's got to be, man. I think we've got to give that one to Daniels. I think he gets the most of it to wedge it in there but uh, yes thank you to Adam for the love there love to hear no dunks on a broadcast for sure I love it Uh, then the buddy you're his buddy Twitter That's buddy. Cool. Yeah. It's got to be in person buddy at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to lock down the buddy ship, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, over the holiday season here. I'm going to try and go to a Bulls game, sliding Adam's DMs. Yeah. Probably talk about Addison Trail High School. I think that's where he graduated from. Also where my good friend Adam graduated oh, from. Wow. Different friend, different buddy. 
Both named Adam. Both went to AT. Hey, can you cop me some of that uh, Kenny Beecham Bulls gear? When some you go Beecham up there? gear? Yeah. I'll get you some Beecham I'll gear. I love some of that. Okay, thank you. Ask Adam Amin why he has zero tweets. I'm very confused. Yeah. He's your friend on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, he said. My friend, Trey, on Twitter. But he doesn't tweet. No, he's just a he's follower. He's a play-by-play man who doesn't tweet ever. So I initially posted the clip, tagged Adam Amin, but then I thought, that can't be him. <laughs> I think he's got, he's got 44 tweets, but I guess they're private. You just can't see him. His bio wow. is uh, Drifter, is it not? Yeah, so that also was like, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a play-by-play man's no. bio, but no. uh, I like it. I like uh, it. He knows Trey's his friend. He also knows Dave, Lil Dicky. He likes saying that Yusuf Nurkic looks like Lil Dicky. He's made our Say What episodes before. Oh, He's a great play-by-play man. Uh, all right, we have a ton of games to address. I came up with a new segment to tackle some of these. We don't have a slick intro for it, or really even a great name. We're calling it on a scale of 1 to 10, okay? How do you play this one, huh? Yeah, uh, 1 will be low, 10 will be high. Let's make Uh, that very clear. The traditional way. Yes, yes. Uh, And we got to start with Shea Gilgis-Alexander hitting a three-pointer with 1.1 seconds remaining, matching a career-high 42 points as the Oklahoma City Thunder they still win on the road here, defeating the Wizards 121-120. SGA scoring 30 in the second half, making 9 of his 10 field goals. This guy is on one right now. It's unbelievable to watch. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, play along in the stream team, how confident are you SGA makes the 2022-23 NBA All-Star game? I got 8 in my notes. Mm-hmm. I got a nice 8 in my notes. It's nice. Thinking the only concerns at this point, are a poorly timed injury or somehow a mysterious 15-game losing streak. (laughs) Like, the Thunder right now seem to be in stage two of the rebuild. They're not trying to lose every single game this year. They're not in it for the draft picks, it doesn't feel like. And Shea is a top-five MVP guy right now, I would have to say. He's averaging 30 a game and taking, like, less than three-pointers. Only Michael Jordan has done that. So it's kind of actually hilarious that he hit a game-winning three here. Had a nice night shooting the ball from three as well, but not usually what he does. He's always a driver. But as I was driving over Skeets, I think it's a 10. I think he is a absolute lock for the Hall of Fame right now. (laughs) (laughs) The Hall of Fame? The Hall of Fame. (laughs) 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 Canadian basketball Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, the coolest Canadian player of all time. But I think you can lock him into the All-Star game because he'll make it at least as an injury reserve at this point. I think it's hard to make it as a guard in the Western Conference. But what he's doing on, honestly, both sides of the ball is incredible. So unless he's done after today. Unless, for whatever reason, the Thunder shut him down after today. Uh, He's going to make the All-Star game. But I don't think the Thunder are shutting him down. This is a different era of the Thunder compared to the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What Uh, number are you throwing on it? uh, I would throw a 7 on it. I don't think it's a lock. No, it's not a lock. It's the toughest position of all the positions in the All-Star game to make it. He's got five locks ahead of him as guards. and So I I think Curry, Morant, uh, Luka, Booker. And Damian Lillard are locks ahead of him. Ooh. They've got the seniority ahead of him. They've got the wins ahead of him. He's still on a sub-500 team. So uh, he, he he will make it if you, if you count the injury reserves and all that. But I don't look at picking the all-star guys as injury reserves. Oh, because who yeah. knows, too? I mean, yeah. there usually are a couple. So, so listen, there's 12 guys on the roster. I think five guards, again, are ahead of him, no doubt. So he would make it as the, the sixth guard. And – it bodes well because there's a lot of Western Conference question marks, and when it gets to injury reserves, you pick from either position. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but again, the seniority of those five guys I mentioned are getting in there ahead of them because they've all been all-stars before, because they're all superstars, and that's it's just the toughest spot. It's tougher than the forward spot in the West or the guard in the, in the forward spot in the East, but... Uh, at this point, yeah, we're riding high. The dude is taking game winners where he makes it tougher on himself. I mean, he he shook his defender, had space to fire, and he said, nah, I want to get even a little closer, get that defender even a little closer. The guy is just feeling out of this world right now. Uh, the the two-point percentage is ridiculous, oh, near 60%. He is for going around every single guy. I mean, that is that is nuts. Six out of ten. It's basically you know, my uh, scale, my, my rating of... Him making the all-star game. Six out of ten is the shots that he makes in the two-point line as well. Like, that is nuts. That is, it is bonkers. So, 
Yeah, they're they're slightly sub five hundred team. I think that hurts a guy who's never made it before uh, as well. So I'm, I'm trying to be real here. I'm trying yeah, not to ride the Canadian the, the Canadian bandwagon quite yet. But uh, yeah, what what, what do you? Well, lock the reason him why I say you're too low is I mean, look. Okay, first off, the numbers are insane. He's averaging thirty two point three points per game, and his shooting splits are fifty five from the floor, forty from three, despite not taking a ton, and ninety from the line. So he is doing a fifty forty ninety right now through the first whatever we're at, 14, 15 games. The only person to do that and average 30 points per game while putting up those shooting splits is Curry, who's done it twice, once in his MVP season, 15, 16, and then again this season. That's how good Curry's still been, and we'll get to the Warriors in a second. So the numbers are crazy. But how many players are playing better than Shea right now in the league? Seven? Maybe you can get to. I think there's four that you're like Luka, Giannis, Jokic when he's out there, Tatum, and Curry. Five. I think Shea is then right there in like that second group of your Embiid's, your John Morant's, your Durant's. He's he's comfortably there with what he's doing with about a 500 record on the Thunder team. Yeah, he's making a people. ten, a lock. I said it on Monday that he was locked for the All-Star game. I think realistically nine feels right because uh, you know Booker, yes, Lillard, yes, but he's he's squarely right there with them. Uh, yeah, in but, terms of what is, he's done. That with but them. if they're if he's right there with them, those guys are making it ahead of him. Just being because real. of records too, like the yeah. Suns and Blazers have, and yeah, because yeah, yeah, of yeah. seniority, because you've made the All Star game before, so and you're playing in the toughest spot. Listen, it's mid November. Let's get high on him. Let's ride it. Nobody cares about our All Star predictions now. <laughs> he, he would be an All Star now, but the the numbers are going to come down a little bit. Let's be honest. That's just the way it's going to be. He is, yeah. He he feels so damn good and he's so comfortable trey said he's the coolest canadian even after he got splashed with water yesterday in the post-game interview <laughs> uh, and everybody calling shay him look how cool he looks if you're watching this on youtube like look how comfortable he is like i know i'm about to get splashed i feel good i just hit a freaking game winner i'm scoring 40 plus the guy is oh yeah, it. same yes. energy to that photo for yes, sure. Yes, the burning building behind. <laughs> yes, the exact same energy. Shay, feeling it like nobody has ever felt it before. No other Canadian has felt as good in the NBA as Shay does right now. Steve Nash was a different school. Jamal Murray in the bubble? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm That's sorry. Good. Jamal Murray Wiggins, in the bubble. Wiggins Jamal winning in a title and making the nah, All-Star game? Nah, 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 not nah, MVP talk. Cool, I know. Coolness. This is coolness, MVP man. talk. And he is in the MVP conversation right now. There's yeah. no doubt. Okay. So why. He called himself Himmy Carter. Yeah. What? <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> He's like, I'm in D.C. Might as well be Himmy Carter. <laughs> Who told him that? Who told him Hemi Carter? There's no way Shea Gilchrist Alexander knows a United States president from the 1980s. Isn't, no? isn't Hemi slash Jimmy Carter from here in Georgia? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. The oldest living president. I don't know. JD is a big Hemi Carter supporter. He's a Canadian. JD was alive when Hemi Carter was the president. That's a <laughs> That's little true. different. That is true. <laughs> uh, unbelievable start. Hemi Carter. Hemi Carter? Are you kidding me? you got to have a him nickname if you hit a game winner. You have to. Yeah. And he has a hard name to fit him into. So I love to see him change it up. Great stuff. Hemi <laughs> Carter. All right. Uh, let's hear what number you're putting on the scale there. 1 to 10. 10 being the highest of SGA's all-star chances. All right. Next one here. Uh, Warriors star guard Steph Curry. He finished last night's game with 50 points in a losing effort to the Suns. His 50-point outburst marked the third time scoring 40 or more in the past five games. He's on a run, but the loss was Golden State's ninth of the season. And they are still winless on the road. 0-8 now, which is a little mind-boggling here, the defending champs. So, Tass, you get us started on this one. Scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about the Warriors' slow start? I'm going to 3. I'm surprised I'm saying that it's this low, but the Western Conference teams ahead of them aren't really running away with anything. I know the Trailblazers are playing well in the Suns. and So I think they could turn something around pretty quickly and... I just think that this team, obviously, they know how to win and all that. And Dante DiVincenzo, a new Golden State Warrior, has come in and said, I remember playing against this team and how unflappable they were. And now they're just flappable. But I, I think they <laughs> can flappable. I think they can stiffen that flap uh, pretty quickly. What, how can they do that? <laughs> well, it's the bench is the problem and the defense is the problem. So which comes first? I, I think the bench has had issues just – well, integrating the young guys first, and now they've said, "Okay, we're going, we're going oldie." But also, the oldie guys like Dante Divincenzo injured for eight games. Jermichael Green hasn't found his way. Uh, he's missing bunnies all over the place. They're playing Anthony Lamb, so 
They also miss uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II and uh, Nemanja Bialica off the bench. The first time they didn't pay guys to come back in the history of this, you know, the decade of this team. So I think it's just sort of taking, getting used to getting it together on the bench because the starters are fine. They're kicking ass, as Trey mentioned, uh, one of the best plus-minus differentials in the league. But their bench is the second worst in the league. And, and I think the, the flap comes from that. It's not just that they're losing by six and a half points every time the bench comes in. But then the, the starters come back and are a little deflated. Everybody's deflated. And everybody stops playing D the way they used to. So uh, I, I think the, the bench, once the rotations uh, get rectified, the injuries come back, I, I just think that starts to, starts to help out uh, a little bit. It's 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 it, it, it. There's nothing. There's nothing you can put your finger on really, other than the bench stinking, the defense stinking. But I think Wiggins plays better when the team starts playing better in, in a weird way, and everything starts to fall into place. And again, I know they've stunk it up on the road, but they're still six and one at home, and they're not that far away. As, as Draymond Green has mentioned, they're not that way far away from the top. So only four and a half back. So I think they can figure it out. The concern is Curry's putting up, you know, 40-point games, 50-point games, and they're coming in losses here, at least last night's against the Suns. Yeah. Are you a little more concerned? You can look at that as worried? a positive, though. How you so? Can, you can say the guy, is, the guy is still destroying it and kicking ass and being the leader of our team, and eventually they got to follow. they got to start playing like they did last year, I think. But this is very comparable to the Nets, is it not? I mean, like what Durant and the type of numbers he's puts up, but there's no defense to pair with it. Which is weird for this Warriors team. A lot of people are comparing this Warriors team to two seasons ago when Curry was pretty damn elite and trying to drag that team that was had fallen off a cliff because of injuries and stuff like that defensively. Um, but and, don't, don't, don't but you're you're going Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, oh, the supporting full cast. government names. How dare <laughs> yeah, you, Kevin Durant? I know. Uh, no, no, I. I just don't – we keep saying, well, the defense will turn around, but Kerr's keeps saying, like, we have no collective grit, I think was his word last night after the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got – you know, there's no defensive backbone to this team. That's usually Draymond. That's his thing. And then, you know, the bench guys come in and contribute. But they're missing Otto Porter Jr., and they're missing Gary Payton II, and these guys aren't on the team. Yeah, so but the other guys have been injured who's come in. Di Vincenzo and the young guys haven't played well. I think the rotations haven't been solidified quite yet. That'll okay. change. Okay. Uh, he had it at a three. Where do you go, TK? I'm at a six. Okay, a little higher. Uh, the lowest possible level of concern while still having a serious level of concern because Curry scored 50. They hit 18 threes. They didn't miss a free throw, and this was not even a close game. The defense, I don't see how it gets better unless you're just going to start playing the starters. Massive, massive minutes because you need Draymond and Looney on the floor to have a decent defense with this team because Looney's the only guy who really rebounds at this point, and Draymond is your main defender, but you're also trying to manage those guys for the playoffs, <laughs> assuming they get there. And, you know, you're right. They're only four and a half games out, but they should be wanting to have home court advantage at this point. You don't want to go through a, a road series every single time, not to mention you don't want to end up in the play-in tournament I'm not super concerned, though, because I do think the starters are really good. I assume Poole will find his rhythm as time gets better. And they do have moves to make. Like, I think at this point, you could trade Kuminga. You could trade Moody. Certainly Wiseman, if anybody is actually interested in him. They have moves to make to get better. And I think you see how well Steph is playing. Like, Bob Myers is going to have to be thinking about pulling the plug on the two timelines sort of thing because they have a chance to win another ring Yeah, yeah. with how well Steph is playing. So that's why I'm not at a 10 because Steph is Steph and he can carry this team to wins, but they got to figure out how to play defense and they got to figure out how to play a little tougher. You know, like finals. I mean, they don't have to get finals level intensity, but they ought to be playing home stretch intensity if they want to keep pace here in the West. Yeah, Kerr also compared uh, the game last night or the way they've been playing defensively to Drew League games. <laughs> He's like, we're just playing a Drew League game right now. We're just trying to like go out there and outscore the other team, but no one's actually really playing all that hard defensively, at least his squad. Uh, the Warriors are seventh worst team in the league when it comes to defensive rebounding rate. They also allow the ninth most second chance points. This is killing them. You even saw it last night. Suns with eight offensive rebounds, turned them into 16 second chance points. Golden State of Mind, great Warriors blog, had a perfect clip up that ex- was a perfect example of, this, of them struggling to end possessions defensively. DiVincenzo? He, it was early in the fourth quarter. It was still a game, you know, especially in today's NBA. They were down nine or something like that. He plays eight seconds of brilliant individual defense, like out on the perimeter, moving around, moving his feet. They take a jumper. They miss the Suns do. 
only for the rest of their teammates, the rest of his teammates, I should say, just standing around and giving up a def- uh, an offensive rebound in that case. It ends in another possession and ends in a Booker jumper. And it was like a, the perfect uh, example of them not, like even when they played good defense, they can't get the rebound. And that's uh, that's killing them. Yeah. A little love to the Suns last night, though, too. Cameron Payne is, uh, you know, getting the opportunity with Chris Paul out. He had a monster game. Mikhail Bridges was great. You know, this is a good, good Suns team. Yeah. They... So, you know, there's no shame in losing to them. But no. the Warriors' defense is just non-existent. Yeah, and they pulled away in the third quarter there. Uh I guess, again, the Warriors bench just really has to find their identity. It's just, they just don't know who they are. You can kind of squint and see old Warriors benches in the past who have found guys like Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson. When you look at Anthony Lamb, an undrafted guy who looked good last night. He's He's got the touch. He, he plays the right way. I, I, I see him playing a lot of minutes. And the worrisome part, if you're a young guy like Wiseman or Moody or Kaminga, that guy's probably taking your spot. DiVincenzo is going to play because he's the ball handler alongside Poole. Uh, and, and then I think Jermichael Green is going to play a ton. He was supposed to be the Otto Porter fill-in. But, you know, even after Otto Porter, Gary Payton, and Nemanja Bielitsa is the guys who left, they lost Juan Anderson and Damian Lee. So they lost the depth. They lost their identity. So that, I think that's just taking a while. And Jermichael Green, I mean, if he starts hitting a couple bunnies uh and then then this team is good they're way below he's way below his uh three point percentage average so they're just they're not playing to the, even their their regular nba replacement level cells i i, I think they're they're just going to get a little bit better and uh draymond green um i found this very very funny uh an article on the athletic sam Amick, uh talk to Draymond Green while he was carpooling with Jermichael Green from Sacramento uh, back to to San Francisco. So the two of them are riding in the, the front seat together. And uh, Amick said, you know, asked him something about the bench. And Draymond Green said, well, you know, DiVincenzo has been out. And Jermichael Green, he's key. He's very key as he's sitting right beside yeah. him. Of course he's going to say that. He's key uh, to our NBA. But this, this dude is a guy that left Denver. And Jokic said, I would love to play with that guy for the rest of my life. He is a – he is a – Gonna be one of those guys, I think. You know, thirty games from now, that people say, "Oh, perfect warrior, hitting threes. He looks like a, a good bench player. So I just, I think they have the parts, but uh, they have been injured, and so that's that's part of it. And the young guys, obviously, which is, it's. I don't know if they can mix it. I don't know if they can mix this two timeline thing. The other part that's difficult to watch right now is Clay Thompson being mortal. Um, he is bad, 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 bad right now. Scoring under 15 points per game, shooting 33% from three, 35% from the floor. You can see that he's like, I'm Clay Thompson. I'll just shoot my way out of this. And probably right at some point, but Mm -hmm. he just forces shots. It gets to him. He's like, okay, this one will go in, surely, and it doesn't. And and then he's lost a step, I think, defensively too. And then that's the thing. Then Poole comes in, and you can't play those two guys together uh, right now with the way Clay plays defensively. So they get washed there. Um, And Draymond Green, like... I'm terribly disappointed sort of in his season so far. I don't know if, like, the whole punch situation or what. Like, he feels neutered to me. Um, he's not, like, yeah, he's doing these interviews and stuff, but I don't know. Where's the fire in this guy? I'm, I mean, maybe it's just he's, like, it's 15 games in. Chill out. You'd think at some point he'll have a lot more to say or at least uh, trying to get them. I, mean, I guess the pushback is, well, the starters are fine. It's not him. That's somewhat yeah. true, but I, I don't, don't know. think the starters were particularly good last night. No, no, um, not but at the end. Steph Curry shouldn't be the second leading rebounder on this team. Yeah, Looney's at six point nine, Curry's at six point six. I had a Draymond Green like and Wiggins. That's cool. I mean, it's awesome that Curry hits the glass. Like that's an underrated part of his game. But the big guys should be rebounding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I got a couple other notes. Suns turquoise jerseys. They look awesome on the court. Like I yeah. also like the way they interplay with like a black lane with a little bit of turquoise yeah. around it. The only problem for me, I don't like logo over number. I just think that looks a little awkward on a jersey. And the other cool thing that happened in this game was when Mikhail Bridges hit a three-pointer from the corner and then basically put his hand right in front mm-hmm. of Clay Thompson's face. People are going at Clay yeah. trash talk-wise right now, probably because he's been talking trash for... Ten years, and yeah. finally he's Four looking rigs. mortal. Yeah, yep, yeah. for sure. The Booker Clay thing is very real, and I think it trickles down to the other, no the other yeah. Suns. Yeah, they yeah. love it. Yeah, they the Suns, it. Suns, Suns can handle the Warriors Yeah, in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I mean, this, this was a big game for the Suns, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next one here, the Cleveland Cavaliers dropped their fifth straight game on Wednesday, 113-98. Uh, it was a road loss to the very shorthanded Bucks. 
the losing skid here follows an eight-game win streak for the Cavs. Yeah, they started 8-1, and one, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And they looked like East contenders. However, following the game, Cavs coach J.B. Bickerstaff, he sounded off on his frustrations with his team's attitude. Here's a quote. We got kind of a fat cat mentality. We went out and won eight games in a row. Everybody was giving us love and praising us, and we got really comfortable. We are the team that won those eight games. We are a really good basketball team. This is about maturation. I can't say that word. Maturation? No. That sounds wrong when I say it. (laughs) Maturation. Wow. And growth from a team as a whole. Again, that's Cavs coach J.B. Bickerstaff. Scale of 1 to 10. Trey, how great is Bickerstaff's (laughs) fat cat mentality quote? Uh, 10. I love a, any reference to fat cats, but it's usually those lobbyists in Washington yeah, yeah. that we're hearing about. You don't hear about it in basketball, but I do think that uh, JB's right. The defense looked very discombobulated. They were just running around, pointing fingers. They could get nothing going at the rim. And to me, it just kind of pointed out, Jared Allen, kind of the linchpin of everything yep. for the Cavs. He puts pressure on the rim almost all the time. He's there to defend the rim all the time. My guess is that as the backline guy, he's calling out a lot of the coverages. And if he's not there, he's missed this game. He missed the previous game. They just looked like they were out of sorts for the entirety of the evening. And it was just a lot of, wait, you were supposed to be there. No, you were supposed to be there. Kevin Love pointing out basically where everybody was supposed to be after they were taking the bas- uh, taking the ball out of the basket. But also, this is just an awesome win for the Bucks. Being so shorthanded against a pretty healthy Cavs yep. team, Brooke Lopez. He made a ton of threes. Almost all of them were open, and the ones that weren't open, he was shooting over a tiny guy. It was like Lamar Stevens ended up on him so many times. So, I don't know. I think Bernie, <laughs> JB's right here. Uh, they've gotten a little fat caddish, but they're also – they're not a team that wins eight straight. They're not going to – you know, they're not the best team in the league. They're also not a five straight losses team. They're somewhere in the middle. They just happen to go streak to streak. It's weird. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on with them. The Jared Allen thing, monstrous. He's got a, a, a bum ankle, I think – he probably sits out Friday against Charlotte, but they win against Charlotte because you don't need you don't need him against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. And the wins come back and the flow comes back a little bit because right now they're in the spot that everyone thought they would be in, which is behind the Bucks and the Celtics mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference and fighting for the third seed. But yeah, it has come in a very odd way, going starting eight and one, losing Darius Garland for a big chunk of it, and now integrating the Donovan Mitchell after the fact after Garland comes back. It has been a bit of a struggle, which is what you thought would happen right at the beginning of the season. Because I think that's uh, an issue as well. Just the whose turn is it? They're two and three. Really, when Garland and Mitchell play together, they play like five and a half games before Garland got out. So I'm not too worried. Uh, they did play yeah against a Bucks team that you desperately want Jared Allen up <laughs> against uh, Brook Lopez, even though he was. Stepping out, hitting seven of ten threes, looking like a monster. He changed his shot in the offseason, uh, which is pretty cool. There's an article on The Athletic about that. He listened to uh, just this technological device. Have, have you read the article? It's just like no, he's in a gym about- for a week, and he's shooting, and he hears – you can set it to different things. You can set the 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 device to different things. It can tell you the arc of your shot, so it'll say 45, as in 45 <laughs> degrees, 46. Oh, wow. Like right away, right when you shoot it. That's pretty cool. Or Or – the diameter of when where it goes in the rim like eight inch left like where you're like so he just changed the shot because he's a geek and he was listening to it and he got into it and it's working yeah i mean the guy is it took him a week to learn a new shot and he's shooting the ball better than he's ever shot yeah that's crazy i mean really really when it comes players are pretty good yeah he's pretty good uh but it was like he got immersed in it and really it was uh square your feet up uh, pull that elbow in. No, uh, you the know, fundamentals. The fundamentals. Yeah. Beef is what he got down to. Uh, yeah, for, beef. Forget about these dumb devices, these technological devices. Just shoot the ball, man. But it is cool that he's in his 30s and he's figuring it out. But yeah, I think the Cavs will figure out the Garland Mitchell thing as well. I think that's a big part of it. They're still, they're still one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Okay, they definitely miss Allen. 100% with you on that. Though he was there for some of these games in the losing streak. And over the five games, the Cavs have a league-worst 122.0 defensive rating. So they are dead last uh, in this rut that they're in, which is weird because you think of them as a pretty good defensive team. But yeah, I, uh, I got to give the quote a nine. Fat cat mentality. Fat Cavs mentality would have been a nice pun on the cats to me. <laughs> so that would have put it up to a 10. But otherwise, I love seeing fat cat mentality. They got a little 
too big for their britches there after that hot start. Uh, but no one's all that concerned. All right. Uh, final one here in uh, our new game of uh, 1 to 10. Finally, uh, Jalen Brown. He scored 22 points. He led a balanced attack as the East-leading Celtics stretched their winning streak to eight straight with the 126-101 victory over the Hawks. Sad caca last night. Celtics uh, missing Marcus Smart, missing Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously no Robert Williams III. Didn't matter. They, they handedly won this game over a decent Hawks team, and that's eight straight. On a scale of 1 to 10, how impressive is this run here by Boston? I'll go 10. Why not? Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's been uh, very impressive. Marcus Smart wasn't in the game, but he made sure he tracked down Trey Young after the game to give him a big hug, uh, <laughs> give him a little love. But it was impressive how Derek White steps into the starting lineup. Peyton Pritchard, again, uh, number three point guard, steps in and was monstrous off the bench. The way they're switching, they match up pretty damn well against the Atlanta Hawks. They're good at guarding perimeter players when they want to. I think their switching just took everything away from the Hawks. Uh, and, yeah, they, they struggled offensively, just having bodies in front of them. And I think Trey struggled defensively, not so much on-ball defense, just watching and some, some good film breakdowns of watching Trey just not be able to track guys off the ball and allowing a lot of three-point shots uh, that were way too open. And then you got, like, Grant Williams. Grant Williams faking a dribble handoff, putting it down, step back three. These guys work on their games, and uh, he's looking good. So uh, I, I, it is disappointing for the Hawks' perspective because this is a team that they're trying to trying to overtake at some point. You know, this is this is the team that yeah. they're, they're trying, to, trying to beat. And they were shorthanded while the Hawks – fairly healthy and uh they really couldn't figure out the celtics uh defense so they've been winning with the offense but the defense i think really showed out uh yesterday and that's kind of where they've been lacking we're thinking about this team as like an nba's final team that's chilling on the defensive end but they brought it yesterday against an up-and-coming team in the hawks where do you put this uh eight game win streak on that scale for the celtics how impressive Thirty-six thousand two hundred and one. Go on. <laughs> the depth of the mariana trench because the celtics are the deepest team in the nba Luke Cornett went seven for seven and had four blocks in this game. Sam Hauser went five for six. Guys on fire. All from three, went for 15 points. And like you're saying, the Celtics were missing their top two point guards. No problem. We've got another two point guards in Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. Imagine if they actually decide to start playing defense. Oh, yeah, Robert Williams will be coming back yeah. eventually soon. Everybody on this roster who's going to get minutes can really, really play. Cornette was incredible last night, catching alley-oops. He had a reverse dunk. He had a reverse dunk. He got dunked on, but at least he was there to get dunked on. Uh, this was great um, from the Celtics, especially considering the Hawks have had some nice wins lately. They beat they beat the Bucks, right? Twice. Yeah. They beat the Bucks and they beat the Sixers uh, in one of those games as well, so... You come in thinking maybe this will be a little bit of a measuring uh, stick for the Hawks, and they just got beat down pretty bad. Yeah, they're not close. No, what we're not at. even close. <laughs> it's I think last night sort of proves that uh, the, it is the Celtics and Bucks as the clear still one-two in the Eastern Conference, and then it's everybody chasing them in your Cavs and your Hawks and 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 some of the other teams that we'll get to from last night. Yeah. Impressive streak here. The gap between the Celtics, number one offense in the league, and then the second team, which I believe is the Kings is larger than the gap between the Kings at second and the team with the 11th best offense. They are hammering teams offensively, and Trey is right. My God, they lock in a little bit more like they did last night against Atlanta on the defensive end. You're going to have a lot of 20-point blowouts, a lot of them, because uh, they are they are clicking. And, you know, Tatum obviously at the MVP table, and Jalen Brown, is, is he's like gone under the radar, I think, this year too, with how well he's played uh, yeah. as a two-way force. So yeah, we're talking about their third stringers. It's the yeah. Mar Mariana yeah. Trench, uh, as Trey said. It's wild uh, to see 44 points from Hauser, Cornett, and Peyton Pritchard. And those guys are, that's deep, and people made fun of them. Or Luke Cornett's your backup center? How are you going to overcome Robert Williams being injured? No probs. Uh, Noah Vonley was playing once. Not anymore. Uh, they're just, yeah, they're ridiculously deep. Good winning streak here from the Boston Celtics. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll touch on some of the other games from last night. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Still here in the Classic Factory, you guys want to talk about some of the other games? It was a great slate. It was. Nice slate. Let's go to <laughs> the Knicks-Nuggets <laughs> game. Uh, the Knicks rallied, and they ended their skid against the uh, Jokic-less Nuggets, uh, 106-103. So no joker, but this was the Knicks' first win in Denver in 16 years. What? 16 years they hadn't won in Denver. 06. 2006. Isn't that nuts? They have Andre Miller on the Nuggets back then. <laughs> Possibly. Throwing alley-oops. Wilson Chandler on the other side. What's going on? Um, so, years. yeah, I mean, look, it was it was rough for Denver in terms of who they had to play. <laughs> like, they had DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green in the starting lineup. But, hey, the Knicks got the win. Julius Randle played really, really well in this. Probably his best game of the season so far. Julius Randle diving on the floor with uh, 230 left there. You don't see that a lot. Julius Randle saw a ball and beat the Denver Nugget to the floor, yeah. pushed it up to Jalen Brunson, and that kind of sealed it uh, a little bit for the New York Knicks. But what really sealed it was Randle playing with Obi Toppin again in that fourth quarter, Tibbs, going to the smaller lineup. He only does it when he's really desperate. Uh, <laughs> but it worked a couple weeks ago uh, when they came back against the Sixers, and it worked in this one. They were down. They're trailing by 10 when Randall and Toppin got together. Eight minutes left. They went on a 20-7 to run, and uh, that was big. It's big for Julius Randall to have that space out there with Obi Toppin, a three-point shooter, instead of Jericho Sims or Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, who they play uh, at center. And uh, that helped out a lot just uh, just to get Julius Randle going. A nice night for him at 34-11, four assists and four steals. So, yes, against a shorthanded Nuggets team. Mm-hmm. But they went and beat the Jazz, and they went and beat the Denver Nuggets. That's the not, two two, not two teams easy. that hadn't lost at home in Utah and Denver, and now the, there are no unbeaten teams at home left in the league because the Knicks just snapped those streaks. <laughs> two <laughs> tough teams nice. to play, two tough teams to to go into their building and win, and that's why I guess the Knicks lost sixteen straight uh, to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <I guess> so <laughs> uh, that altitude, man, it'll get you. Uh, what do you uh, have anything from this game? I thought Randall was awesome, and I do think a lot of it was because he was playing alongside Obi Toppin, which kind of encourages Randall to be in the lane, and he's just so much better when he can use, when he can play bully ball and use his shoulders and get closer shots rather than having to do a whole bunch of shake and bake and shoot a crazy fall away. It looks awesome when it goes in, but it's more reliable to be living in the lane and getting the easy buckets. Also took 13 free throw attempts. That's the way Julius Randall needs to play, and that's why you got to see a little bit more Toppin out there. Mm-hmm just because it gives some space to Randall to be the guy getting the buckets in the lane. I assume that Hartenstein plays a lot because he's still a big guy. You know, Tibbs is going to want him out there for the defense, but clearly their best lineups are based around a Randall Toppin frontcourt. And yeah. if you're keeping track, Tibbs stuck with that nine-man rotation. Mm-hmm. No Fournier once again. No Quinton Grimes once again. He was actually asked about Quinton Grimes' possibility of him going down to the G League. He said no. I think him being here with us is the best thing, so there is that. Yeah, but, uh, I like him not playing. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yes, yes. But we want him not playing here yeah, on, exactly. under my watch. Yeah, that's uh, weird. But, but, yeah, no, the minutes are going to top in. Sims is getting some off the bench. Derek Rose good for, you know, whatever, 15 to 20. And then quickly got uh, a decent amount last night, uh, nearly 30 minutes per game off the bench. Yeah. And this is this is the nine right now. Tibbs has found something here. And this is all despite R.J. Barrett. Stinky. Being garbage right now. Let's be honest. Hey, let's make the list for a future episode. Maybe a YouTube short for crying out loud. Most disappointing players in the league right now. Write this down, Barrett. Jerome. Write this down, Jerome. R.J. Barrett has got to be at the top of the list. I'm talking about players coming in with some promise. Maybe a young guy. You're like, oh, this might be a breakout year. Last night, 4 of 18, 0 for 9 from 3. Just that, that has been a very familiar line from this guy, unfortunately, this year. So I have R.J. Barrett there. Throw him out some other names in the stream team if you want. I mean, Anthony Edwards to some extent, but he had a really good game last night. Um, yeah. It is uh, unfortunate that R.J. Barrett said before the season, we're going to shock some people, and then he's having this start. But I think the fact that they're 8-7 and seven has 
kind of killed a little bit of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. the ridicule for him. Oh, yeah. If they had three or four wins, yeah. Knicks fans and everyone would be going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're winning for the most part. Yeah. But it's not really because of him. He can't shoot. He can't score right now, which is his one main well, thing. Well, everywhere, everywhere on the floor, there's some, some good shot charts out there of the, every single <laughs> every single spot on the floor. He's mm-hmm. sub his regular percentages, uh, even at the rim, whereas – I thought that's where he would be making his money like he was the last few months of last season. Uh, but, yeah, Tibbs uh, in, the, in the Toppin thing, I hope that continues because it seems like it's a break glass in case of emergency, Toppin and Randall, and it just helps. Mm-hmm. Helps so much. But, I don't know, still TBD. Mitchell Robinson comes back, and then they stay big. So, anyway, let's make it short. Some more disappointing players just came to mind. Would Scotty Barnes be on the list? I know he's a yes. second-year player, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan Poole. Oh, yeah, definitely. Tim Hardaway Jr. I know he's a guy coming off of injury, but he's been bad. Okay. Uh, Clay Thompson, similar. But, of course, played last year in the finals. Uh, There's got to be a wolf on there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I said Edwards, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, you said Edwards. Maybe one of those two. Yeah. And uh, Ben Simmons. (laughs) Hey, man, he just had his first uh, double-digit game in over 500 days. He's on the upswing. (laughs) <laughs> well, R.J. Barrett's on the list. When we RJ make the YouTube short, R.J. Barrett is going to be the thumbnail, okay? <laughs> Calling it now. Uh, all right, next game here. Um, Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers beat the Hornets. That's another great win for Indiana. They are surprising me. I thought they'd be the worst team in the league, and they're above 500. But the story from this one is LaMelo Ball re-injuring his ankle tray, um, trying to sort of save a ball that was going out of bounds and unfortunately tweaking that ankle again. Um, I guess on a fan's foot. Did he? Did he step on the fan's I foot? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The report said. Yeah. Um, and that's so what it looked like. Um, and unfortunately, he was playing really well in this game too. Twenty-six points, six assists, a couple of steals, and this happened really, really late in the game. And like when you go back and watch the highlights, it seems almost not surprising because he ended up in the stands so many times last night. Yeah, like yeah. There's one where he has like a great take to the hoop. He finishes with a lefty layup, and he goes three. <laughs> Rose into the stands. Everything was fine. This was like almost nothing when he just happened to be on the side. The fan didn't have their feet out. They were sitting with their feet tucked up beneath their chair. He just happened to go over and land on a foot. Um, so, I don't know. He was limping, certainly, but it didn't look like a heavy limp to me. So, maybe he won't be out for a long time, uh, which would be fine for the Hornets. I mean, they should shut him down for the season. Yeah, maybe they will. Um, <laughs> not that I think it really matters if he's the guy out there, but uh, I don't know. Another good win for the Pacers. They're up to second in the league in offense right now. It's amazing. That's Wow. Whoa, the, yeah, what? Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. They play super duper fast, and Halliburton and Matherin are the real deal. That is phenomenal that they're second. I, I was looking when we were talking about uh, the All-Star game last year. Lamelo Ball was an All-Star game. Yeah. And he's an All-Star. I know he's an injury replacement, but I, I know that we've been talking about teams that or in the Wembenyama sweepstakes going for the alien. And uh, the Hornets is one that comes to mind immediately. Oh, yeah. We pounded the under on our over-under yes. podcast yeah. when it came to the Hornets. Bad vibes. Yeah. But LaMelo ain't sitting out. I don't think he's going to allow that unless they force him to. At this point, it's way too early. And it sucks because he was playing his best game of the season because he has been injured even before that. But, uh, yeah, kudos to the Pacers. Yeah. Wild. Oh, I mean, great game from Turner. This guy's actually having a decent season after uh, obviously not being there at the start with he his own ankle injury. He also stepped on a foot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but 20 and 10 from him as he possibly still tries to like build up his trade value if that is even happening. Hell, the Lakers should make the trade with the Pacers. They should just make the trade with the Hornets. The Hornets should take Westbrook. They should do it. They should trade. Who, who do you want on the, I mean, on the, from the Hornets Terry to the Rozier, Lakers? Gordon Hayward, if you can talk yourself into it. You know, Th- Those type of guys. Kelly Oubre, maybe. They should. They should be taking Westbrook and getting picks and yes. tanking all the way to uh, you know one of the top two if they get lucky for sure because this season is a, I, in my opinion already a wash. MJ would prior love, to the injury here. MJ would love Westbrook on his roster. I think he'd like it. <laughs> sure, he'd sell. They sell sell some seats. Think so for this season? Yeah. All right. Make it happen. Come on, MJ. Let, let free Russ. Let Russ be Russ. Whatever they say out there. Uh, next game here. Good win from the Raptors. OG Ananobi, season high, 32 points. Raptors beat the Heat, 112-104. Massive third quarter run, 21-0 run. You don't <laughs> see that too often uh, for the Raps there. And then they held on in the end to uh, beat the Heat. What do you think? I think we've got great discipline waiting until this part of the show to talk about OG Ananobi <laughs> and the Toronto Raptors, a 21-0 run. 
the Heat didn't have Bam Adebayo. That was, I think, a really big part of this. But uh, everything going through OG Ananobi because uh, they don't have their lead guy yeah. uh, and Pascal Siakam, a monstrous, monstrous part of their offense. So OG, a uh, uh, ridiculous game. It's, it felt like he played every single minute out there. He played 43 minutes. And everything, uh, just the offense was OG Ananobi. That was and, the uh, best game maybe he's ever played yeah, on the offensive yeah. end in terms of scoring. Fair. Yeah. Um, but that was a really weird 21 overrun. You don't see that in the NBA very <laughs> No, <often>. no. <laughs> Seems like the Heat had this one in control, and there's some, something funky about the Miami Heat this season. It's a little stanky. Uh, the way they, they, they don't have the, that grit and grind. No one has said the word heat culture this season at all. And I know they're they're definitely banged up. Hero's yeah. been out for a while, but then you add Bam Adebayo, who is their, uh, sort of their culture and their defensive backbone, and uh, the Raps were uh, doing what they wanted. Yeah, OG. I, I can't get too high, but uh, the best game probably, yeah, as a Raptor, yeah, felt like it. Offensively with a 32, and then he was had a lot of the uh, defensive assignment on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler took, like, eight shots in this game. Weird one. I mean, a lot of that is OG. Some of it's Jimmy. And, you know, Kyle didn't have a lot of shot attempts either. Um, really, really good defense here from the Raps. Any thoughts on OG's special game and how he's played this year or the Raptors, you know, doing all right here despite missing their, their all-NBA guy? I think it's good that OG is really seizing the opportunity to be kind of the lead scorer out there with Pascal Siakam gone, and he's done a really good job going, like, you know, 20s, high teens, 20s, high teens, and then obviously an awesome game. Uh, last night, the Raptors need somebody to step up and be able to score and create in the set, uh, in the half-court scenario. Pretty nice passing, I thought, from OG as well. Uh, yesterday, yeah. I think he only ended up with three assists, but he had a nice one uh, really late in the game that kind of sealed things. Uh, fine, I think, Boucher for a cut uh, on the baseline. It's been good, but uh, the Heat offense can just get pretty stinky for mm-hmm. a while. And we've talked a lot recently about Jimmy Butler being stupidly locked in and how he's carried to this team to a couple of victories if he's only taking eight shots and you got no bam, it's tough to figure out where the offense is going to come from if you're not knocking down threes at an incredible rate. They did for a chunk of this one, but also didn't for a chunk of this one. So, yeah, I mean, it just feels like the margin of error for the Heat is very, very slim. They're yeah. going to play defense. They're going to be competitive. But they got to shoot well uh, to, to really – put some points on the board, especially if Jimmy's having one of his snoozer games. Yeah, and just to correct myself, uh, Lowry did have nine shot attempts, but still, 17 combined for, for Butler, Butler and Lowry. Not a whole lot of shot attempts from those two guys. Toronto out-rebounded Miami 42-23, to 16-4 to edge on the offensive glass, and outscored the Heat 26-5 to in second-chance points. And that is how the Raptors want to play, and everybody was contributing, but OG, Nick Nurse, was like talking him up after the game. He wanted the ball, he controlled it, he made moves, he made pass-outs, all the stuff you have to do when you're the go-to guy. I don't think OG is an 82-game go-to guy, but you said it, TK, with the opportunity, he can do it every once in a while. I, I don't, I'll be shocked if he goes for 32-10 and 10 in his next game. It's just obviously difficult to do, and only the elite mm-hmm. players can, but he's like a step down there, and maybe he's growing into it because he's getting more opportunity here, but good, good win. And I like hearing the uh, the analysis from a non non Raptor supporter in Trey because I'm hard on OG. I just I didn't think that even his numbers were what they were this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yesterday was great, but it feels like riding the OG roller coaster that he's been worse. But yeah, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's nice to get a little balanced opinion because he's mean, been you mean he's been offensively solid. at least. Offen- I mean, he might be defensive player of the year, and right? yeah. he's at least in the running. The Raptors have zero problems on the defensive end, uh, but the question is always, will OG take the next leap yeah, yeah. to be an isolation type guy, to be able to break you down type guy? And it's a roller coaster. It, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. especially as a as a Raptors fan. But the numbers are pretty solid, actually. He's but he is he's. It's he's because not like be a the jumper comes and goes. His handle is not all that great. You know, playmaking. Doesn't have much wiggle. No. No, he's just, he just drives, he, blo- he goes through guys, yeah, yeah which is, you know, a skill, but yeah. Yeah, the finesse is generally not part of his package. Yeah, but even when he goes through guys, sometimes it's, he can't stop himself, no. and, and he can't stop the body from going, but yeah, last night, he was the offense. Yeah. Uh, the other games, let me chuck all three of them at you, and you okay. can touch on all of them or none of them, and we could just go to break. You tell me. Here <laughs> okay. we go. Uh, Edwards and Towns, <laughs> monster games for the Wolves. They needed that. They crushed the Orlando Magic 126 to 108. We had CJ McCollum scoring 23. The Pelicans beat the Bulls pretty handily 124 110. And then Porter and the Rockets beat the Mavs 101 92. But there was no Luka. But hey, look, the Rockets are going to take every win they can get. Uh, 
is that only their third or fourth win of the season, uh, beating the Lucas Mavs. Well, you get us started here. Any of those three tickle your fancy? Well, straight up rest for Luca, I guess. Right? No, no injury there. No, just straight yeah. up rest. Just chill. He probably needs it. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. He. And you see what it. they look like without him. Yeah. Uh, I I thought the most impressive win was the Pelicans. Unfortunately, they uh, they dominated. They're playing pretty well right now. Yeah. They're on the second night of a back to back. And the Bulls have played, like, one game in a week. <laughs> Billy Donovan's going to be on the hot seat pretty soon here. Uh, a, the starting lineup needs to change. Like, Io has made some strides. He's a good player, but he's probably not a starting point guard. And Patrick Williams does absolutely nothing out there. Zero motor uh, from this guy. They're a team built around their offense, and they're 24th in offense. The Bulls are somehow better in, on defense right now. And, like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> honestly a super disappointing performance from the Bulls. And they had a super disappointing performance on Sunday against the Nuggets. Same thing. They came in three days rest. The Nuggets had played a couple of days prior, and they just got ran off the floor. Same thing happened against the Pelicans. So something's going to need to change because every Bulls game, they get into a huge hole. The bench brings them back. They get into a huge hole. The bench brings them back. So I'd like to see Dragic in the starting lineup. At least he can shoot. And I'd like to see Javante Green because he moves out there. And I would love to see Billy Donovan come up with, like, any sort of an idea how to get a big guy a touch. He's turned Vucevic into Lowry Markkinen, mm. basically. Like, Markkinen did nothing for the Bulls because the Bulls had him do nothing. They said, just go stand over there. Maybe you'll get a shot every once in a while. <laughs> As we see now with the Jazz, if he moves around, touches the ball in different places, he gets buckets. Billy Donovan, I don't think, knows how to coach big guys because look at, like, when Westbrook won the MVP, it was Billy Donovan and his coach saying, just go do everything out yeah, there. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's just go do everything out there, DeRozan. Go do everything out there, Zach Levine. They had nice games, 28 and 25. But there's no cohesiveness there. The Bulls look their best when the ball is moving and they're getting baskets inside. So disappointing. So, but I'm keeping my eyes on Billy Donovan and seeing if he's going to make some sort of a change going forward. Yeah, it is interesting that Patrick Williams sticking in that starting lineup. He's a bust, man. There's, uh, there's <laughs> I'm sorry. He, yeah. he, he, he has zero motor. He doesn't play hard enough for the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> there's That's a fair. lot of five-point yeah. games you see from him. Yeah. yeah. yeah he there's... just stands in the corner. He's yeah. a marketing as well. Yeah, I see the possession. If you're taller work. than six foot six, Billy Donovan just wants you to stand outside. Yeah, <laughs> those guys usually are closer. Than <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I was weirded out when I saw all those uh, marked spots in spring training. Spring training. I love calling it spring. Uh, uh, yeah, let's talk baseball. Uh, in training. Oh, wow. Yeah, baby, Wait. it's spring training. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic. Right in the pie. That's where he should be. No, he's the first baseman. Uh, Lonzo Ball and Alice Caruso. Turn the DP. What were you going to say? Anyway, uh, remember in uh, in training camp, they had all, all the five spots for where the guys were supposed to stand on the offensive end in training camp were outside the three-point line. They had all, like, they had boxes taped. The, the Bulls did that yeah. too? I remember the Bucks did that, I thought. No, no, it was the oh. Bulls. Oh, okay. Vooch? Don't touch the paint, dude. Stand out there. Uh, and Patrick Williams. I, I, every time I see Patrick Williams drive through the hoop, I, I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, this guy can do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there seems to be a motor problem, a something problem. But Billy's supposed to be good with the young players. Like, he has done a good job with Io, and, but he's not really uh, doing anything with Patrick Williams. Or, the, yeah, the Vooch Maybe thing. nobody can do anything with Patrick Williams is what Trey's saying. Yeah, I mean, that's It's possible, fair. too. That's fair. Yeah. The, the Vooch thing is even weirder to me because mm-hmm. he's he was an all-star a couple of years ago now he's not <laughs> anywhere close a to lot that. of a lot of shots to be had in orlando yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's right. true that's but true. he was efficient he could make them back then as well yeah. so yeah. who knows uh and like i said anthony edwards 35 last night and carl anthony towns 30 look they're playing the magic that's always good for your chances to get a w but a dominant victory here from from this squad even at our pickup run last night we know the one Magic fan in Atlanta, B. Rose. <laughs> and he was, like, checking his phone during a break in one of the games. Like, ah, oh, damn it. The Wolves decided to play hard tonight. They're killing us. I'm like, oh. And I guess they had, like, they had 70, <laughs> 74 points at the half. Uh, so they came out of the gate hot yeah. in Orlando. Sorry to yeah, And they were moving the ball. They had, yeah, yeah. They had 28 assists, too. That was a different Wolves team there for a game. Nice birthday present for Carl Anthony Towns. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy him. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that uh, that Rockets game. They had 19 blocks. Yeah, that, that is rare. Crazy, Very man. rare. K.J. Martin is one of the most watchable guys in the league right now. He had multiple highlight blocks last night, and he caught an alley-oop. 
and then intentionally need Dwight Powell in the face while hanging while hanging on the rim. I don't think I've ever seen that before. He got called for a flagrant foul, but like an yeah. intentional knee while hanging on the rim. <laughs> Only the son of Kenyon Martin would think to do yes, that. Yes, yes. Plays I, so much like Kenyon Martin, just a little bit smaller. And uh, I think it was uh, it was Ghostface Ziller. He said KJ Martin must have one of the highest highlights per minute rates in the league. Definitely, <laughs> which is totally true. It's like every night this guy plays. He's got two or three big dunks or big blocks or just unbelievable plays in the top ten. So, fun, fun watch. Good win there from the Rockets. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, pick up results and tweet of the night. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, back here in the Classic mm. Factory. I'm laughing because we just had a good two or three minute breakdown of our pickup <laughs> runs last night. <laughs> Not really anything to share with you, Cass was asking. Like <laughs> Private. Well, we played with a guy uh, who okay. looked like Rodney Hood yeah. and who told us everybody keeps saying he looks like Rodney Hood. He does, and he's a lefty, so he's got that too. And then a guy that has the face of Tristan Thompson. <laughs> just the face. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. It was a fun run last night. For me, I was on a good team. We were winning a lot of games. Yeah, you stacked them up four yeah, straight yeah. to start the night, and then you left right away. That's right. Well, I lost Smart my fifth move. game, and I was Smart like, move. I'm out of here. <laughs> I got an hour and a half run, and I'm good. Uh, all right, uh, pick them results last night. Warrior Suns. Suns were the favorites at home by uh, one and a half points, so it was basically a pick them. I took the Warriors, so did Trey, and we knew it. We said, I don't know about this one. Tass took the Suns. You got it right, Tassie. You're three and eight. I'm eight and three. Trey six and five. Tonight's game. Quiet night in the association. Three games. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Spurs visiting the Sacramento Kings. Oh, light the beam. Light the beam. The line is big. The line is saying the beam will be lit because it's a <laughs> seven and a half point whoa, spread. Whoa, the whoa. Sacramento Kings are seven and a half point favorites. Sheesh. Uh, so Trey and I think that the Spurs can lose by seven, uh, and uh, you got the Kings to win by oh, eight or more. Are you kidding me? Kings by seventeen and a half tonight. This team, the vibes are great right now. Seven of nine in Sacramento. Maybe they got the big novelty light switch now instead of that dumb button. Who knows? I was giving them suggestions on Twitter. They responded. So, oh, uh, yeah. the Twitter account? Yes. Love it. Yes, the Kings did. Yes. I like that. I uh, like when a, a team's Twitter account. Engages. Makes you feel special, doesn't it? Oh, God, it? yeah. Loving I love seeing much. that they follow you. I love seeing that the NBA Twitter account follows me. It's like respect. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, NBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Kings, they want uh, – this is this is the peak Kings right now. In the, in the Twitter era, this is the best that their Twitter account operator has ever felt. Wow, is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, like, they've I been mean, going they, for they, like – I feel like they get a ton of Twitter respect, though. I they think, do. I think they're, they're very known funny as one account. of the better Twitter yeah, accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They have uh, but they got the beam now. The beam does take it to the next level. Beam team, yeah. baby. Beam team, baby. I'm hoping for a beam and a Spurs cover. <laughs> I honestly only picked the Spurs so that we could have a different graphic. Yeah, like, we've had Change the same. <laughs> we've been on the same flows. Yeah, so man, but it was working. Like whole, I know, it was working until last night. I was like, we gotta change it up. It's like uh, this beam that we think is just one beam. It's actually four lasers. It's actually four You gotta beams. be the other laser to me. And you gotta get on board. And Jerome and JD, we are a beam together. This is like a, wow. a metaphor for Voltron. life. We are a beam Voltron, together. Voltron, yeah. Hell yeah. It's 
four beams, eh? Isn't that crazy? What happens when one of the beams go out, like a, like the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, <laughs> when the old stick wouldn't go up or that little part yeah, of the cauldron yeah, wouldn't yeah, go yeah. up? Whose fault was that? Steve Nash, wasn't it? Yeah. Was Gretzky or Nash? Steve Nash was standing on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. You don't remember? I don't remember. I thought you loved the Olympics. I do. You like the summer. Uh, the opening ceremonies? I mean, whoa, you're watching the whole thing? What's going on? That's... I watch them back. You watch them twice? <laughs> yeah. All right. I love it. <laughs> tweet of the night. Let's do it. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Uh, quickly before we get to tweet of the night. What I was doing while you guys were talking about your basketball runs, I, I had you guys were talking about KJ Martin, Highlight Factory, probably the highest highlight per minute man in the NBA. Yeah. I thought of KJ McDaniel's. I went back to watch him. You remember KJ yeah. McDaniel's? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. He was a highlight per minute guy, but now he's gone, just gone. Anyways, it was fun. <laughs> while you guys were talking, it was great. Well, you were talking uh, to us. I well, yeah, I can, I can multitask. <laughs> oh, tax time. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> tax time. time. Yeah, we're all good at looking at our computer and still having a conversation. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> we mastered it. Yeah. I'm watching the uh, opening ceremonies from oh, yeah, every every Olympic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember this part? <laughs> oh, the cauldron. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Just complete failure. Oh, the cauldron just fell. Everything's on fire. Oh man, you imagine you were the director of that opening ceremonies. You, what would you be doing? You'd be freaking out. Don't worry, we have, we have like, another five yeah. hours to fill. No, but what happened? You got. I'm saying you got. They planned for that for like 10, 12 years. <laughs> yeah. And then this one part, you know, a mechanical breakdown. Maybe the weather. It was cold. I think wasn't it? Was it, well, it, it was raining. It was raining. It was raining in Vancouver, I believe. Uh, and that doesn't happen. What? It doesn't go up. Raining in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, How uh, could we have prepared geez, for this? What would you do? Would you run out, try and pick it up? Yeah. Think about it. You gotta think these things through. <laughs> Pick it up, just like yeah, walk it up, up like a ladder. Floor. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do yeah. with my ladder. Cool. Did did City High perform? What would you do? Oh, oh my god! Uh. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't know it was City High. Yeah. What would you hey, do? If I you did. It. I took some. <laughs> I took some tax time in Google. <laughs> I had no, no idea. All right, tweet. Uh, what do you got? Oh yeah, we got a tweet. Uh, Bleach Report published an interview with Kevin Durant where he explained <laughs> why he made a trade request this summer and that he's happy with the team. This one quote got a lot of media attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? Now, he got a lot of flack mm-hmm. because... He called everybody out and said, hey, we're not going to be that good. Well, yeah, because also within – was it that article or another KD article, this talk about uh, leadership and maybe the, right. the the lack of leadership that he's shown, I guess, with the Nets or over his career. And then and then you pair it with this quote, which sort of illustrates maybe not the greatest leadership. Yes. But a lot of truth bombs in that maybe as well. Yes. Call, so not call the greatest it. roster in the world. Yeah, so he said anyway. – uh, the guy starting beside me, Edmund Sumner. Full name. Roy O'Neill. That Joe is the Harris. weirdest part. Yes, and that brings us to Tweet of the Night from Dragon fly jones when oh. when he said that kd quote gets funnier and funnier homie really rolled out their full ass government <laughs> names it wasn't like royce and joe and them bro was like nick of house claxton first of his name can't get it done with him uh well done From oh. dragonfly jones who keeps getting tweet of the night yeah i mean it's, good it's a great follow that tweet i'm so happy i didn't know you were picking that tweet after my team finally lost at the pickup run last night i'm over on my phone getting ready to go Firing up Twitter. Let's check some scores. See that tweet. And I had to tell everybody it was on the bench with me. Listen to this tweet. <laughs> I did an in-person tweet of the night. Because I was laughing my ass off. I thought that was very funny. Him catching Dragonfly Jones, the point that he says all their full names. Yeah. Or most of their full names. And then, you know, the the, the, the government names made me laugh. And then the... Uh, House of Dragons, like Game <laughs> of Thrones part. Yeah, they're very, very funny. <laughs> and uh, hey, it did just as well as it did here in Tweet of the Night. Did on it. the bench on the side. People are like, damn, that's a good tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Great tweet, man. That wasn't mine. I'm just Slack. reading Slack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you share it in Slack? I don't know, honestly. I had to get in the car drive home. <laughs> we knew you knew. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I was yeah. very, great, great pick, I engaged. Man. I engaged with that. He's, Were you he's right up in my feed, which is great. You know, the Twitter algorithm is really weird right now. I'm getting a lot of Bob Muscala tweets. <laughs> oh, stop saying Bob Muscala on this show. Second day in a I row. I know. I, well, yeah, that's the problem. I say it, and then somehow my Twitter algorithm just puts him to the top. Mute him. Well, I, don't, I don't need to mute Bob. I, I, need to, I need to figure out the Twitter algorithm. Uh, Bob Muscala. Bob, Bob packed it. First of his name. Bob I guess, I guess uh, Mike would be second of his name. 
<laughs> what do you mean second? I don't know. I'm trying to like uh, <laughs> yeah, house dragging it yeah. up. Yeah. What do you mean? Don't you know the lineage of the Muscalas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a basketball that's player. Sigil. in his dad. Well, it'd be the. What's it's like sigil? a bathroom, or I'm uh, not bathroom. Uh, moose. A moose. Yeah. The, the, oh, a moose. It's moose. That's it's like the stag. Baratheon. Baratheon. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Bathroom. Bathroom. The Bathians. Matherin and Bathin. I wish I didn't know that Bob Muscala's Twitter <laughs> handle is Musky Bob, but I've got it committed to memory. Why do I know that? Uh, damn it. It's my fault. Okay, let's uh, uh, He's got some good tweets. Okay, see, 5-0 and with Andrew Wiggins in the starting lineup. Not Andrew. Aaron Wiggins, second oh, of his name. Yeah. That's a good tweet, Bob Muscala. He said that part, the second of his name? No, really, I did. Oh, that'd be really good. You should tweet it. I should. Okay. Uh, that's it for today's show. Damn it. Having a blast here on the Classic Factory. Thank you to the stream team for joining us live. Hit the like button. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Check out our No Buffs podcast later today, recapping episode 9 of Survivor. Best episode of the season. Probably the biggest move of the season. We'll break it all down right here at 1 p.m. Eastern. No Buffs has its own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed, so listen to that if you're a Survivor fan. And then, this also has its own feed. Is this good? Probably going up later tonight. With special guest Matt Bonner. We're laughing at the photos yeah, here. Yeah, we're laughing at the graphic for this. Uh, okay, let's uh, talk this through. I assume the topics will be maybe letting your kid beat you at sports? Is me? this good getting crossed up by your son? Yeah, like <laughs> who's half either kicking you? your yeah. kid's ass at sports. Kid looks or like he's got game. Like yeah, he does. That looks like a tight crossover. Um... What's this next one? Ex, ex-girlfriend, happy birthday. it's wishing your ex happy birthday. <laughs> wow, that's specific. Okay. And then finally, backing into a parking spot. That one's oh. going to be a hot topic. Oh, that's going to... I already know Matteo's thoughts on that. Can't wait to find out. Matt Bonner's. Yes, special guest Matt Bonner, two-time NBA champ, the Red Rocket. Um, what did he drive? What did Matt Bonner drive? When he got done taking the... the he drove mar- the TTC? No, but then no, he... No, he, four, no, he, he didn't drive the TTC. He rode public transportation. He, he but had a he piece had a of crap car. Like, you know, like a, just a generic car. He, a Chevy a Impala. Impala. Oh, Impala. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was a Ford Taurus. This is as of ne- 2013. <laughs> Great year to get an Impala. <laughs> okay. That's not as bad. Yeah, new body model. All right. Did he ever back it into parking spots? We're going to find out later today on Is This Good. Okay. Otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow here at the Classic Factory live at 10 a.m. Eastern for the Drop Podcast. I think we're going to do some one-month-in awards and talking about some of the teams, disappointing players and all that. So we'll have a blast on the Drop. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, when you're trying to steady your shot, you're trying to figure it out. The acronym you got to think about is... Balance. B. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's it stand for? I we always said balance, elbow, eyes, follow through. Oh, uh, yes, we did. I, we did the, eyes first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. Well, so you you did same it, beef. You did it for when you were a kid. I don't. Yeah. Remember yeah. Yeah. That. I feel like there's like a, a tweaked version. There too. is a new one. Yeah. I think. Um, but I don't know it. Uh, you Let want some know. tax time? <laughs> yeah, let me a little tax time here. Uh, well, no, actually, I'll know it for Friday. All right. Yeah. Take some. I don't know. I bet we got some high school basketball coaches out here listening. What do you teach your kids? Sure. What acronym you use? Teach your kids how to shoot a jump shot. Let us know. Is it beef? Brace the day, people.